and we're in Beirut for another improvised episode of the Beirut Banyan. And this is the fifth day of protests in Martyrs Square, Riyadh Sadah, throughout downtown, and of course throughout Lebanon. And things are moving. The Prime Minister announced today a reform package. Uh, there is now massive debate over whether or not that kind of package can deliver change. Uh, the protests are continuing. Of course, there's an upswell of emotion that these reforms are not enough, and it doesn't seem like the protesters are going home. Um, I'm, I left Martyrs Square, went home to reflect a bit on the last 24 hours, and I decided to convince a friend of mine who's in the same building as me by chance to come down and share her thoughts because she's been with me the last few days uh, watching things happen and I think she has a sense of maybe caution that's worth sharing and I identify with some of that caution and uh, we've both been in these protests before and I think uh, there's this deep down reservation that we both have and I wanted to unpack and uh, Again, I apologize for the quick edits here. Uh, there will be some background noise and some unfortunate feedback, but otherwise the conversation is largely intact. So I hope you enjoyed this improvised episode of the Beirut Banyan. We're now just a kilometer away from all the protests happening in Ashrafi. I'm Rani Shatah, and this is the Beirut Banyan. <laughs> fifth day of ongoing protests in downtown. Clearly, it doesn't look like the protests are fading. They're still ongoing. There are hundreds of thousands of people, literally, as we record, in downtown Beirut and throughout the country, people are protesting. This despite the Prime Minister assuring Lebanese today that there will be some reform. Before we jump deep into all of this, I have a friend of mine a good friend of mine who's pretty much become a, uh, a, uh, a revolutionary spirit with reservations, <laughs> like me. We happen to be in the same building. We've been going to the protests daily together, and this is the first time we decide to air out our potentially, our, our opinions and perhaps disagreements on where things are moving. Uh, so I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Sarah Burji. Um, I studied economics at AUB, uh, public administration at Columbia. I've worked previously at the UN and in economic research. We're In a way, we're choosing not to go to the protests right now. We've been going every day. I, I was there earlier today, but we're not there right now. Mm -hmm. And I think this is because we both sense that there is a potential disappointment in the making. Maybe we can get to the bottom of this together. Uh, we, we've seen protests happen. We've both been involved in different protests in Lebanese history. Uh, can, can, for a moment, let's go back to the, the spirit of March 14. Yeah. In your gut reaction, your, your instinctual feeling, does this feel the same to you? Four or five days into the protests that would lead to the March 14 mm -hmm. movement. Does this feel the same way? 
uh, it feels the same in the sense that people are revolting. Uh, they are. They have been really fed up with the with what what has been. Um, people have so much energy. I, you can you can say, um, but it's at the same time different. Uh, in the sense that uh, you feel that now it's only the people in the street. You feel there is no one who gets on a stage and tries to uh, give a speech or... So, the, so it's leaderless because literally it's spontaneous and mm -hmm. it's, it's unexpected. It's highly unexpected. March 14 was a month-long movement in the making because it started off this way. February 15, 16, 17, you didn't have leaders in Martyr Square. Yes, but it was triggered by speeches mm. uh, of leaders. Like I remember the famous speech after the assassination of mm. Hariri. Uh, so maybe people were more encouraged to go to the streets beca because they've seen um, already a bold move from the side of uh, the leaders. But for now, it's the people alone going to the streets against the leaders that That's they know. interesting. So March 14 was supporting a segment of the leadership. Mm -hmm. This time around, there's no one visible that protesters are saying that's who we want in power. I don't think uh, March 14 was supporting uh, uh, some leadership. I don't like when it's labeled this way, actually. Mm. Uh, I was trying to say that March 14 uh, People had like, like felt that they have this um, that we can go and uh, break the fear because leaders have done it. Yeah. What few hours earlier? Yeah. I think this was. Uh, so they were leading. In the background, not because leaders asked people to go to the street. Mm, mm. People uh, wanted to go maybe anyways, but the fact that. Um, some leaders had already uh, made this uh, this uh, brave move of uh, um, pointing to to a specific uh, party or um, or a person or yeah. a country. Um, the fact that some leaders did that it gave a push to people to go to the streets and stay there. And this time around, the momentum, mm -hmm. it's, it's clearly there. I mean, we're, while we're recording, we're watching what's happening on TV together. There is real momentum without right. leadership. Right. Do you think this is sustainable without leadership? Uh, I'm afraid it's not. And what, okay, so let's, okay, let's talk about this. Leadership, in your opinion, at this moment, mm -hmm. who do you think can emerge to pull different people together even though they're in common agreement on one thing, which is the economic deterioration of the country has reached an absurd level, and that's not going to be tolerated anymore. Yeah. But the bigger differences that we all know about, who do you think can emerge at this moment and keep this alive? If not, perhaps lead towards something which would be a revolution, changing the way Lebanon is governed, changing mm. the state structure. Do you see anyone emerge, or do you, is there any name that comes to mind? Because for me, I'm, I blank on that. I can't think of one person who yeah. would 
carry this mantle right now? Yeah, it's not an easy question, especially that I don't see that there is, uh, like during March 14, for instance, it was one goal getting Syria out of Lebanon. Yeah. For now, it's uh, not it's not very clear what the goal is. Yeah. We can uh, we can obviously state what we don't want, what we are sick of, but we cannot easily state what we want to see happening from now onwards yeah um, and that means that's to you I, I'm, I'm assuming here you mean more the political changes that didn't happen in, in the past not so much the economic because I don't think the economic factor mm. was not really discussed in the previous in, at least March 14 it emerged during the you stink movement right but it wasn't really about economics per se it was about corruption and it managing was about the management. Uh, yeah, this time scene. around, it seems like the money issue is really big. Right. Are, when you say the other stuff, are you talking mm. about the politics component? That's, in other words, the harder things that would be that have been challenged before and had not succeeded. Or are you talking really just about corruption and money? Uh, in terms of goals that the this revolt needs to absolutely yeah. I mean because otherwise yeah what what is the next stage in something like this for me I think the next stage should be about economic uh, questions okay it's, it's more um, uh, it's easier to target like you cannot uh, change the uh, political system overnight yeah. but you can for instance put a tax system so you're seeing this is a limited movement that this is really just about reforming the economic structure of the state, not more than that. No, it's not limited in terms of ambitions. I think people are being very ambitious, but I'm talking in terms of what can be achieved for now. So, the, so in other words, the goals are bigger, but in reality, there yeah. isn't much beyond the economic stuff, the corruption. The the, no, definitely there are there are there is. Uh, mm. Uh, there is uh, like people are fed up with the system it's yeah. obvious it's not only about how uh, uh, the economic system in Lebanon is working this was uh, the thing that uh, touched on people's daily lives yeah. and uh, led to the revolt but now and thanks to that we can yeah. say people are aware of uh, the flaws in the system so and this is great but this is great as a, like uh, as a starter so so okay this is interesting so in other words this demonstration will only bring positive change at least positive like uh, if it it's either positive change or minor yeah change but it's gonna be positive so then what are we doing here tonight what, what explains our caution? Is it, is, it, is it, and I don't mean to interrupt you here, but is it, is it that we've been through this before in different, different components, of course? It wasn't mm -hmm. about this crisis in particular. Is it because we've actually tried something similar before and it didn't happen and we're used to failure? I mean, I'm trying to... Because you and I spoke about this the day it was happening. Yeah. We were cautiously very cautiously hopefully 
hopeful <laughs> and extremely careful to be optimistic. Mm-hmm. And we share that opinion. And of course, this is not just us. There are yeah. many people that feel this way, yet they went anyway. Mm-hmm. What explains our reluctance to be fully supportive and embracing what's going on? Uh, in my case, and I assume this is the case of many people, uh, we have been through so much disappointment mm. uh, since 2005 onwards. And this is uh, like uh, almost half my... Well, it's your student years yeah, and your, yeah, your my professional student years life. Onwards. Yeah. Uh, this is my adult life, actually. Yeah. It has been a series of disappointments on the, uh, on the uh, political and uh, uh, on the level that has to deal with, uh, with how things are in Lebanon. You know, yes, yesterday, I mean, half of the episode was the older generation mm-hmm. uh, sharing, in a way, their perspective on long-term failure. And they still retain this element of whatever it's called, hope, whatever it's called, a flicker. Okay. And they have reason, in a sense, because they grew up in a far better state. They grew up in, a, in the better years of this country's history. The ones that we only hear about, we don't they know. They have reason to well, be... I mean, they, they have at least, they've seen the better years of Lebanese okay. history. Yeah. And maybe they're trying to retain that. Or, mm-hmm. or maybe retain some of it. Yeah. We only know the bad stuff. Right. We're the war generation mm. and the post-war generation, which was not great. Mm. I mean, 2005, which keeps coming up in all these conversations, is 15 years after the Civil War ended mm-hmm. and we were going through an uprising. I mean, that speaks volumes in itself. This uprising didn't happen in 1990. It happened 15 years it is the length of the civil war. Mm. And we went to the street and we couldn't get it right. We couldn't manage. And now we're about 15 years later, twice as long as the civil war itself. Is that, is that the disappointment that is just the, the length of time? No, uh, I think uh, things need to take time. Uh, although as a, uh, as a, uh, previous March 14 supporter or post March 14 generation, whatever you want to call it, uh, I, I have wished it would, uh, these things would, would have ha- happened earlier. Yeah. Um, like for me back then, it was obvious that the leaders that were leading the, the political leaders that were leading the, the movement mm. were not going to take us into the utopian state. Yeah. But it was clear that this is um, uh, like something, something positive was in the making. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That uh, history was unfolding in a way, and we yes. need to go through this mm-hmm. until eventually better things happen. Yeah. And this is the better things that are happening right now. Okay, so you, this is this is interesting. The March Fourteen movement was there was a clear goal in mm. mind which was to reestablish Lebanon's sovereignty right. and its independence mm-hmm. in particular with regards to Syria 15 years later you see that this is the natural next step in that yes I, I wish that that has happened earlier I wish some uh, some parties that were already in March 14 mm. didn't uh, uh, didn't uh, 
neglect this? That they didn't turn their yeah, I turn didn't, away didn't, from it? Yeah, I didn't neglect this or go in another direction. I wish people who were not in March 14 uh, were there. Yeah. Uh, so that history would have uh, developed uh, faster. I want to get on a... Maybe this is a touchy subject and we can explore it and disagree if you want. I mean, mm. disagree as much as we want without killing each other. <laughs> Unless one of us wins and we can keep this going on our own. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The, I, I think, and I firmly believe this, that the failure of March 14 mm. is not March 14's fault. Okay. And I think the fact that we did not re-emerge after the Civil War to a, a sovereign, independent state that could manage its own affairs and could deal with things like corruption mm. and mismanagement. We'd never, we're never going to be like Norway, obviously, but we don't need to be one of the worst corrupt societies on Earth either. The fact that we didn't take the natural steps is because we didn't overcome the issue of sovereignty. That we still live in a situation where Lebanon's security and Lebanon's relations with the region, with the world, are not necessarily Lebanon's relations. That we still have an, a big component and it's, it's embedded in our society, but it's also a militant and it's a very critical component to regional war. And that's Hezbollah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the subject that doesn't come up anymore. And in these protests, obviously, I mean, you, you hear the chants, right? Killon, killon, killon means everyone, everyone, yeah. everyone. But even today, you don't see any accountability when it comes to Hezbollah. And I, I, think, I think that maybe because the moment right now is purely economic, mm -hmm. that people are isolating the two. And maybe they need to. Maybe they need to. Yeah, I don't think it's a wrong thing. Uh, the The fact that the question is an the question right now is an economic question. Mm. Uh, this helps uh, things to go in the direction you wish for, right. because when people uh, when people are together and sh sharing the same. Uh, Problems, which is the economic question here, which this is ha impacting everyone here, which is impacting everyone. This yeah. helps in building this uh, uh, feeling of uh, citizenry that we were lacking. Yeah, and uh, and the fact that people are saying kilon yani kilon that it means that now they are beyond these questions of. Do you uh, think it's reached that level though? That because we see it, Hariri, mm. and we'll talk about this. He's become the face, in a way, of opposition towards the protests, yeah. which is an unfortunate place to be. He's, in a way, people are pointing the finger at him now. Do you think people are pointing the finger in every direction at the same level? Or do you think that there are, there are certain things that are just too difficult to touch, at least for the moment, and therefore they're going to be sidelined? And I'm probing this because I still feel deep down that even if you do get some cosmetic surgery from these protests, and tomorrow you find out that, yeah, there is going to be some accountability, that Lebanon as a state will not function properly. 
so long as there are non-state groups that are armed and that are dictating Lebanon's policies. Am I, am I being too pessimistic here? It's, it's true, but, and things got clear when, uh, when Nasrallah gave the speech and said uh, you cannot, uh, you cannot, uh, don't think that by these protests you can, uh, you can change uh, right. uh, the status. He uh, actually endorsed Hariri, which is he also did. equally, he did. yeah. He endorsed him and maybe yeah. he took him hostage in a way. Uh, <laughs> so so th- this is actually he's helping things develop in the right direction because it's showing that uh, for Hezbollah to stay um, in the ra- uh, to stay to have things like for Hezbollah they want to have things their way, which means. Uh, for them, in order to win on the foreign policy uh, scene, they do not really care what's happening uh, with people internally. They care and only. This is, a, yeah. this is putting them uh, in confrontation with people. That's true. You and do people eventually will need to. to um, people who, who are urgently supporters of Hezbollah, they need to. Uh, to answer the question, should we, uh, what do we care about most? Uh, our daily lives, our uh, economic situation, yeah. or bigger questions such as foreign policy? People are now focusing on the economic question. Yeah. And the economic question and the fact that some parties are disregarding the economic question for the sake of bigger questions such as uh, foreign policy and their yeah. position internationally is putting them more in confrontation with people. So therefore, someone like Hassan Nasrallah is in a bad place too. He is in a bad place Because right of now. the economic pain. Right. Right. Okay. So the economic pain is an unusual unifying factor yeah. for Lebanon. Because what has been happening with everyone is that Politicians for years were neglecting the economic question yeah. uh, for the sake of those bigger uh, slogans. Right. And, uh, and people are fed up with this. And this is what we are seeing right now. Yeah. It's exactly what Mashrua Layla and their famous song, The Luwatan, I can't recall you're, you're uh, the, the words. You're exposing of the both of our ages here. We're too old for Mashrua Layla. No, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, for some reason, maybe I, I'm too old, I can't remember uh, the, the words Which exactly. Is even, even worse, we, we've gone senile and now we don't remember. <laughs> but the I, words. I find it, but, sure, but, the, yeah, but yeah. the bottom line is that uh, it's, uh, people are being distracted from real uh, life problems either by shallow things like uh, pop culture or whatever, yeah. uh, or uh, bigger questions like uh, foreign policy and uh, stuff like that. But now, right now, the fact... Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, ahead, I, found the, I found the, the, yeah. the line I was looking for uh, yeah. in the song. Uh, it says, uh, So I think this, this is exactly what can has you, been happening. Because it's worth it. Can you translate mm. right now? Um, so in the middle of the song... Uh, a line says, when, uh, when you go and ask 
about the how the situation is uh, going uh, badly they shut you up by slogans about all these conspiracies so that's the distraction yeah we've been distracted before and movements have died because of that we were distracted by sectarianism before we were distracted by regional alliances we were distracted by things like fear and people let go of their passion and politics as a result of it what are the distractions that can emerge now do you think if i mean because we're now yeah. this is happening live hariri mm. just a few hours ago announced a reform package mm. is that going to distract these people and say you know what we got no i don't think so because no. it was well below the yeah below what's needed i don't i'm not going to say people had the very big expectations for distraction i don't mean it in the negative way i mean what would what would pacify mm. this these protests now what what do you think they need to hear mm. because it doesn't seem for the moment it doesn't seem like michel hon is stepping down and it doesn't seem that there are protests against him in baabda yeah. which is where you would need those protests uh, nabih birri doesn't seem like he's stepping down yeah. there are no even though we did see something unusual we saw pockets where there were protests and his base yes in the south uh-huh. in sur we saw people challenging him but it didn't really gain momentum it did gain momentum but they were trying to shut it down it, by force you're absolutely right and it was a violent end to some of those protests too you're absolutely right but i'm talking about now all this energy against hariri is it really about him just stepping down no no it has happened before and he's resigned government stepping down sure and he's been prime minister several times yeah so what what do you think is at stake now i think you kind of answered the question indirectly mm. uh i think what would uh, what would be fatal to the movement is this discussion about who is more responsible about the situation we're in right if the discussion goes into this direction i think it can be very bad for the movement. So in other words the killon 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 disappears and suddenly Hadidi is more innocent than Birri in that sense. Trying trying to really like what you mean yes, by that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and uh, if uh, if the only Jaja question resigning is not important. It's If the only question is uh changing this government and uh like I'm trying to think of the potential outcome of this movement if uh, if people are only but i don't think anyways it's going in this direction people pointing only on hariri as a political group they're pointing on him because he happens to be prime minister that's true uh, and head of a cabinet which uh, which presents the current administration sure the executive Absolutely. administration yeah um but people need to not forget the fact that it's a, it's a problem with the whole system and the system has been put in place somehow by all who has been in power so the, so the system if it sticks around mm. do you think the protesters will eventually just give up and go home 
Or do you think this is now a life battle that either we get the system fundamentally changed or we don't go home? I cannot imagine the system fundamentally changing overnight. Well, but, okay, overnight is not going to Mm. happen, but in our lifetime. I can. You do? No, I can, yeah. Oh, because of these images? Yes. Okay. Although, although, as mentioned earlier, I have been very cautiously hopeful. Yeah. But uh, if we go back, uh, backwards uh, to the 2015 movement. Which is the the trash crisis to... Yeah, you, the use tank movement. Yeah. Uh, if you look at it, nothing has changed afterwards. We don't even we're not even aware what happened to the garbage that was in the streets. We know actually we can smell it while we're recording. So yeah. this is this is we're we're in we're just east of downtown. Mm-hmm. We're literally I mean maybe just a kilometer away from the protests, and we can smell the British Hamoud trash mountain the wind is blowing unfortunately towards us so we know what happened it's all it's on the it's in the sea it's next to the airport it's piled up in trash mountains and on occasion burned right uh so on um on the level of what happened uh, like in terms of tangible results nothing really came out of this movement exactly but we can say that the current movement uh, is uh, has built maybe on the previous one. It's a, it's a, it's an accumulation of. Uh, oh, you see this one as an as continuation an of the you stink movement. Yes. Okay, so this is where they left. I remember yeah. back then uh, in a converse, in a conversation with my uh, my previous boss at work. He he told me I. Uh, I don't know why this happened. I, nothing came out of it. It was only uh, something that has um, um, put in some instability in the country for a few weeks, and then it disappeared with no positive results. Yeah. And um, I remember telling him that this, I think this can has put in place a dynamic that maybe one day, maybe, it's gonna drive something positive. So Can I you just this is two thousand fifteen. Yes, yeah. four years ago. Yeah. So I feel that this has built on the dynamic that happened in two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. And one can wish that uh, a change in the system is gonna build on this dynamic, which is people fed up with the system, uh, being more aware. It's when of, of it, all communities of its in, in all communities are experiencing more or less the same pain mm-hmm. with trash yeah. and with the lira crisis and the economy, but that's where March fourteen didn't have that kind of unifying factor. The nation yeah, was definitely. the nation definitely. was divided on Syria's role in Lebanon, so in a way these are more threatening. In that sense, they're more threatening to the state that we have. Because these are domestic issues, they're not regional. That this is purely a, a trash crisis is a Lebanese problem. Mm. It doesn't have a regional component to it per se. There's no direct line, or for that matter, the economic burden, the corruption. It's an internal thing. It keeps people, to a degree, united, because they're all experiencing it together. So in a way, the worst 
the culmination of horrible mismanagement and toxic waste and environmental degradation and burning trees and water pollution and no economy, none of that. It takes all of these things to bring people together in Lebanon. Mm. I think that shows just how unfortunately powerful the system we have is so entrenched and has survived periods of war yeah. and periods of immense pain. And we fought a civil, we've, we have fought several civil wars, yet we still inherited the same system. I think one should be um, more rea- like more realistic in terms of what to expect from the movement or what the movement is all about. Uh, it's uh, let's not put so much uh, like uh, expectations. Yeah. On, like uh, the movement is not gonna solve all kind of problems at once. Right. Uh, but uh, f- when I said earlier that. Um, it's helping build some type of uh, citizenry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because people have this, the, a shared uh, problem, which is common to all human beings, regarding uh, regardless of political alliances, regardless of uh, of regional alliances, rega- uh, regardless of uh, usual political questions, which is uh, having a decent life. To yeah. live uh, in their uh, in their countries, the fact that they they are tackling the same question for everyone in all parts of the country, this is helping build uh, a sense of uh, of common identity that can be um, that we can build upon for for more uh, for more engaged citizenry. And when, for instance, people uh, in Trablos uh, chant for yes. Sur, yes. Uh, this is this is a huge. Like, sure. l- let's remember where we were a uh, few years ago. Yeah. Uh, people had very negative views of uh, of each other if if uh, they were in different political camps. You're and, absolutely uh, right. And now uh, all this hype about Tripoli. It's amazing. Like people used to associate Tripoli with much more negative images. Yeah. And now, like I can imagine people in a few weeks going to Tripoli to for tourism. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> it's internal. And this tourism. is great. Yeah, and absolutely. this is what we have been lacking for years. Uh, like uh, there were uh, some sense of disconnection between yeah. the part, parts of the country, and this common question, question of. Uh, of uh, like the straight economic problems is bringing people together and reminding them that this is what the state should be all about like giving people uh, a decent life giving them what's uh, rightfully there and this is what our country hasn't been doing for decades so uh, it is, ob- it is definitely, perhaps later it will be looked back on as the most important. Uh, refl- yeah, because Tripoli, that scene in Sehet Noor, yeah. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people celebrating and dancing. Mm. I mean, this was a 
borderline rave party. I mean, without the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was euphoric. And everyone watched this together in mm. Lebanon. We were all happy for Tripoli. Mm. And we said this before as well. In the South, people were taking risk by challenging their respective leaders. Yeah. We don't see this that much. Actually, we rarely see it in Lebanon. And it was happening in places... It's breaking uh, stereotypes, which is, which is huge for, for a country like Lebanon. Absolutely. After and all, uh, like what, what happened sure. 15 years uh, And Tripoli ago. taking down its leader's photos right. they're doing it Mm-mm. it's not right someone else got me sure yeah. in the south similar attempt and on a very small scale today just a few hours ago a woman and i think it was Kaslik on the highway uh she took it upon herself to protest against jaja mm. people came and threatened her mm. but there was enough support around her and it's she's able to feel now that if she doesn't like him she can say it in a place that maybe wouldn't be so hospitable to those views. It's a small example. These are symbolic. They're important, though. They're, you're right. People are not all necessarily on the same page because of their confessions. There's a diversity of views. And at least now, all people are in agreement. Despite their traditional political differences, they all agree that the economic pain is unbearable. Yeah. Maybe that is the hope here. And it's these images that will keep people, maybe for the time being, on the street. If Tripoli is doing it, if the South is doing it, we should be doing it too. Maybe that's what it's all about. A WhatsApp tax would affect everyone in Lebanon. And maybe, you know, it's interesting going back now. The fires was really, I mean, it was horrible. Mm. But it's the WhatsApp tax. Everyone identifies with this thing. <laughs> I think the fire contributed a lot. Do you think the fire... Without the fire, do you think this WhatsApp tax would have gone unnoticed? No, it wouldn't have gone unnoticed. My first reaction to the WhatsApp tax that there's no way it's going to pass. Yeah. Although... We were laughing a, at it as a, yeah, as a although, horrible although, joke. Although I, I remember they said, and uh, I just read uh, earlier today that uh, it was voted for by all of the cabinet. That's, yeah. No one objected. That's true. Even the minister that have now resigned. Um, but I couldn't imagine the stocks... Uh, Even its implementation. ...passing. Yeah. Impl- or being implemented. It actually passed in the cabinet, but being implemented. But, uh, yeah, there was this magical combination of uh, fire followed by an outrageous yeah. tax... Uh, proposal so yeah you know Sarah just to end it maybe uh, on a on a swing between hope and despair maybe give each one its own justice the uh, the protests breaking out on Thursday mm-hmm. on on Friday you're in Hamra yeah but you're in Martyr Square we meet I drop you off in Hamra it takes me about an hour or so to get back to Ashrafi because of the burning and the the protests and the breakdown we didn't meet in you were in martyr square i think i didn't start going until saturday that's true i was more cautious than you (laughs) you're you're absolutely wow i'm losing track of time so we meet again on saturday Mm. and it's suddenly very easy to go back and forth there was a real there was a moment of, of panic when the violence was escalating in downtown and I yeah. think that there was genuine fear that this is going to perhaps spiral out of control, and it didn't. Mm. And it's replaced by euphoric, 
festivities that look almost more like a party scene mm-hmm. than a protest. Mm-hmm. And you said something which I liked. You're equally, you're equally cautious of both. Yeah. The violence, which is horrible, and also the maybe, don't be, don't celebrate too quickly. Right. Uh, I know this is the Japanese way to do it, and uh, it's interesting. It's what uh, makes us uh, uh, different. Uh, this is maybe one we can, what we can say is a common identity as well for Lebanese. Uh, how we can find uh, something uh, to laugh about or uh, or uh, to enjoy while in the middle of crisis, supposedly. Uh, but I think, um, yeah, I am a bit cautious of uh, the festive aspect to it because I think it's uh, it's somehow uh, like we're overdoing it in a way because we need to remind ourselves it's all. Uh, at the end of the day, it's all anger and uh, rage that we have that we, that has uh, driven p- people to the streets at the first place, and we need to remember this. Um, also, regarding the violence that happened the first uh, day, uh, I I can understand a little bit of violence. People are fed up at the end of the day. Sure. But I can also imagine this coming later after like. You start slow and then when things don't happen uh, the way you want, you maybe... Uh, it's interesting how uh, here it happened the other way around. I right. think people uh, maybe uh, after the what they have heard uh, about uh, the violence, maybe they wanted to um, take it in another direction. Maybe they overdid it with the festivals. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, but it's all good. It, both can happen very quickly and mm. within a few hours. And I think that's also a cautionary tale. That, and you, I think this is part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you today because you, 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 you have well-earned caution. And mm. I think uh, in a way our generation is old enough to, to be a little more careful before completely saying, you know, this is going to lead to fundamental change. One last point. It's interesting that you said uh, the older generation that you interviewed yesterday were maybe less cautious than we were. We are. Yeah. Um, and this, is, this is, has given me hope because it means people who have seen more history, hmm. more uh, who have been there for a longer period of time, uh, they can be hopeful. Because they are the ones who are able to um, uh, zoom out and see how things evolve over years. You're right. And this has given me uh, some hope yeah. that uh, maybe because all we have seen, our generation, is disappointment, doesn't mean things cannot take a turn uh, and change. It wasn't just the youth in downtown. It was everyone. Yeah. And that was also good. Mm-hmm. Because you do see people that have seen this happen before showing up. And it's, uh, it's ongoing. And we'll see where this takes us. Thanks again, Sarah. Thank you, Rooney. same generation 
watching things unfold together. Both of us have participated in these protests before, and we're both hopeful to a point and also cautious to a point. And we're both watching what's happening. Obviously, we're heading to Martyr Square on a daily basis now, and we'll be back there tomorrow. Um, I hope these reflections are offering perspective between the multitude of voices that are all in agreement that these protests should happen. And I'll keep these episodes going as quickly as possible. And again, once again, I apologize for the quick edits here. I'm Rani Shatah, and this is the Beirut Banyan. Thank you.